This is Melody. I'm Bonnie. I'm Maddie. And we are the, the Spooky, Spooky Sisters. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. Boom. So, uh, what's happening tonight, girls? Um, we are going to talk about San Francisco. Yep. Oh, gave it away. San Francisco. Mm, gave it away. I'm Maddie. I'm Maddie. I'm joined tonight with Melody and Bonnie, and we are traveling to San Francisco tonight. Have you guys been there? No. No. Only in stories. I've never been there either. Never. Have I? Okay, I just checked. I haven't. Nope. I checked um, my sources. I do know <laughs> people no. that have. So I do know that it exists. I do know it's there. I do watch Fuller House. House. Yes. <laughs> yes, Fuller House. <laughs> it therefore exists. Uh, mm-hmm. So you guys are probably thinking, I know you are, you're probably thinking in your minds, where do the Spooky Sisters, like, how do they decide what cities to travel to in their brains? What is the process? If you're dying to know, pun intended, I'll let you know. Um, our nephew Graydon said, you should do San Francisco. And he doesn't say more than 13 words a week. Mm-hmm. So so we just let the heart ooh. take us where it needs to go. Right. We we led with our hearts on this and one. And it was his heart this time. So this it, is for you, Gray. This is for you, Gray Gray. <laughs> oh, Much love to the Gray. Gray Bay uh, who's not a baby anymore. He's about six feet tall and he's a man. Yeah. yeah. So. He's a little man. Hmm. So San Francisco. I don't have much of the history. Um because I forgot to do the history. I got so into Alcatraz that it, I was reading about that too. Oh and my stop. gosh! I read over an hour of just stuff. Oh my! Wrist. So, um, we all know we all know the history of San Francisco. I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> um, no, it's in California, right in the middle. It's a big city, a big. Um, I I want to go to San Francisco. I know how fun. I want to see the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, I heard that it's, like, foggy a lot, so it's pretty spooky. The water's terrifically cold. Um, Chinatown, all that stuff. I want to go. And, I mean, don't didn't you say they had, like, an awesome... Well, I'm sure they have an awesome chocolate store. I'm sure they have, like, 80. Here Square. Yeah, in the Whaley mm, House. Was that in yeah. San Francisco? Oh, San Diego. Isn't San Francisco... Don't they have the super steep streets? Yes, they do. Oh, yeah. So you can, like, that rollerblade. That would crazy. We can put Mrs. flannel Doubtfire. around our waist. And, yeah, and rollerblade. Yeah. Uh, down that, down those hills? No way. not a little pebble in your No way. way. I'm not going to rollerblade down those hills. Because then you're going to go down like you should be going down in a snowball. I guess Maddie's not doing that. I already broke my leg. Fun crushers. Trying <laughs> to save your life. It's true. Where was that when you pushed me down a flight of stairs in a basket? Who are you talking to? Melody. That was <laughs> that was Nevada. <laughs> that and was I, a while ago, and I thought we weren't talking was, about it. Anymore. I was four. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Or when I accidentally killed yep. the kitten when I was five. Or when you accidentally... It was an accident. <laughs> had, I don't know how the gate fell, but anyway. On your head. Or are we going well, there? On I guess head. we had to talk about... The gate falling on Bonnie's but head. That's why I Poor don't head. a lot of my child. <laughs> Bonnie's head is a beautiful head. It can it it contains a beautiful brain that has been a little battered, some would say, over the years. So let's continue, San Francisco. Um, I don't need to talk about my she, uh, trauma. Okay, well, if you guys want, you can ask Spooky Sister Number Two about the massive crater in her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great few All stories. Right, Roadkill, you want to talk about dimples? 
craters. Uh, that's another story for another day. <laughs> you got roadkill and crater face. Born on the hey, taser face. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wakes up in the morning? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that little fox. <laughs> a raccoon. He's a trash panda. Mm, a that's trash been established. Panda. A trash panda. <clears throat> All right. Well, we hope you guys have a warm cup of hot chocolate. Pero, we are we are pero 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 here, um, or some warm apple cider, some cozy pajamas or a blanket. We hope you're cozy. We hope you're warm, so that we can tuck you in with some pretty hellish tales, the way we were, the way we were. Uh, so we'll go ahead and have sister number two, Bonnie. Take it away with her two stories. Well, you have two. Um, I added a third. They're all they're all mansions. They're all pretty much similar. Oh, um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I just couldn't stop with the mansions. I don't know why. The many mansions Let's in San. And do you know what these? Um, if you were to Google these, as I, I'll let you know what they are. But Google the picture of them. Like the first one. Oh, that are I'm, we going to put them on our Instagram? Oh the yeah, spooky yeah. Spooky sisters. We'll put them Ghost on our emoji. Instagram. Yeah, but our the first one I'm going to talk about is the Whittier Mansion. So there, there was I went through a couple different sources and they were saying that there were three mansions that you want to visit if you were to go to San Francisco, and these three are the ones. So I'll start with number three. So it's not the scariest, but this one I had. Wait a minute, are they all three vacant or people living in them? Because people are living in them. How do you visit them? You don't. You just walk past them. I guess that's very conflicting advice. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Just like the the home on Goonies. You can't even walk up there and take a picture anymore because they've completely just like mm. shut it out. Like you're not allowed even on the property. You so I mean, got historical, you huh? Goody. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, with this one right here, so the Whittier Mansion, um, and all of these mansions, they are all within like walking distance of each other. That's how close they are. It's portal. Not, portal. Yeah. So they're they're pretty cool looking, um, but this one is a really good structure, this Whittier Mansion. Um, the ground broke on the Whittier Mansion in 1894. It took two years and was completed in 1896. It was built for William Franklin Whittier, who was a notable figure in the railroad, railroad and shipping business. The home was one of the first built in California that used steel framework, thus making it really a really tough building that could be considered almost indestructible. The structure might have proven its metal when the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906 rocked the city and caused a massive fire in the process. The finished product stood at three stories and measured at a total of 3,500 square feet. So this home though, they have like, um, it was like a, kind of like a stucco, but it was like an Arizona sand is what they were saying they used on it. Mm -hmm. And that, like withstood the earthquake, the steel framework. No other homes were built like this, and this one has just stood forever. Like it's withstood time. Nothing, yeah. So um, it has 30 rooms, and it wasn't just built as a home for himself, for Whittier himself. He said it was a gift um, to his wife, but unfortunately, his wife did not live to see the finished home, as she died in an accident. But Whittier had lived in the home up until his passing in 1917. However, he wasn't the only resident of the home while he lived there. His son, Billy, was also living there with him. And the lifestyle that he had, he was throwing parties, you know, all late at night and um, into early morning hours. So he was constantly just like living it up on his dad's dime. So this kid didn't go to work. He didn't do anything. He just lived off his dad. Party. So um, they said that he was pretty much a lazy and incorrigible person. 
Despite this, he inherited the home after his father's passing. He lived there until 1938 when he sold it to the German... Reich? Reich? I don't know. Reich? Reich? Reich. Okay. The house was used as a German consulate between 1938 to 1941. However, word had it that the consulate had housed German spies that were in the area to scope the city and the surrounding area. The man who purchased the home (laughs) was known to be one of the top advisors to Adolf Hitler during the tyrannical reign. His name was Fritz Weidmann, and along with that were his um, wife and children that lived there in the home. So anyway, you know, it was sold on, and it was taken over by the um, government, actually. But the mansion was a symbol of prosperity at the height of the Industrial Revolution. It might have been the place where the role had been played in what turned out to be a surprise attack on the country that was enjoying a time of peace. So anyway, um, in this one, people are saying that they have seen a bald... Let's see. They've seen a bald man kind of dressed in a suit, and it looks like he's a butler, but he's just walking Mm. around from room to room. And they're saying that it looks like it's probably more than likely um, William Whittier himself just looking for his wife because he can't pass over. He can't do anything. So he's just wandering. Sadless, you know, sadless, sorry. But he's just wandering, waiting for his wife to show up. That's sad. But so they've seen that spirit around and they've also um, seen a figure of what it looks to be a man in the wine cellar and they're saying that is more than likely it's a rumor it's the spirit of Billy Whittier William's son the one that partied all night so they're saying that he's in the wine area because that's pretty much what he did on a regular basis <laughs> so why not hang out where he likes why not <laughs> why not mm-hmm. so um <laughs> Anyway, they were just saying that he just he just hangs out down there. Like they they don't cause any kind of mischief. They don't do anything. To they people. just hang out. They just be seen. They're just there. Yeah. So they're saying like if you walk past, you can probably see them like in the window here and there. But they don't do anything scary. So that is the Whittier Mansion. Like I said, that was number three on the list. Um, let's go on to number two, which is the Chambers Mansion. So this one was built, and uh, like I say, these are in walking distance. Um, with each so other. That's so cool. It is actually like if you look at How the cool pictures of the streets, you can just see them. Is it kind of, is it kind of like the Jefferson Street and Ogden mansions? Those type yeah, of old mansions. Like they have these huge bay windows and they're pillars, just, and I didn't see any pillars on them. But this one, the Chambers Mansion, this one's actually covered by a lot of trees, oh, so you can't cool. really see a whole ton. But um, yeah. So this one was built in 1887. It was named after a silver tycoon. Um, who eventually became a U.S. senator. Later, it became known as the Mansions Hotel until its 2002 conversion into two tycoon-sized townhomes. So they split it in half to make it into townhomes. Um, For a house with such rich history, we find 22... So here's the address. 2220 Sacramento Street. To be a bit, let's say, underwhelming. It has five bedrooms, six and a half baths, and it's 5,800 square feet. The place, they say it's a behemoth, but the renovation <laughs> seems to have stripped the mansion of most of its historic detailing and of all of the um, turn of the century charm. Aww. So they went in and re- just remodeled and took all that they, charm away. They took, so it is, is it a historical figure or they I mean, say it is. spot? They say it is, but, but they, they modernized it. Mm-hmm. 
That sucks. So, um, there's, you know, they have two car parking, four fireplaces, rear, a rear garden and a wine cellar. It's on the, it was on the market for the first time in five years. The chamber mansion was last sold in 2003 for 3.295 million. Whoa. But today's asking price, as you might imagine, is 4.2, 4, 4,250,000. Whoa. Is that, (laughs) yeah. We'll just say 4.2. Jeez. Which works out to be about seven hundred thirty-three per square foot, seven hundred thirty-two dollars. Wow. So, um, it was first owned by Richard Chambers. The building was previously run as a hotel during the nineteen seventies, and today a private residence resides there. So, um, this one is kind of tricky because there was there's different stories that I was looking up, and they just kept saying, "This is a rumor. This didn't really happen," but you can believe it happened. So I went on somewhere else and I found this, but um, according to the legend, Chambers lived in the mansion until his death in 1901. His estate was then passed to his two nieces who moved into the residence together. Rumor holds that the sisters hated each other and struggled to get along. So, you know, he passed away, um, the wife passed away, and there were two nieces. One was named Claudia. I don't know the other one's name, but Claudia was the one who was unfortunate in the situation. So she ended up having an accident <laughs> of being sawed in half. Oh, oh she wow. had an accident? <laughs> They're saying it was either an accident or the sister did it. Why do you always get the, the wailing lady that accidentally fall into a train? Claudia. How do you... Claudia saw, got sawed in. How, <laughs> how do you nice. saw yourself in half? By accident. Whoops! I don't exactly. know. Okay, so that was one of the rumors, and that was like people were saying, but that didn't truly happen. But if you want to believe it, believe it. So they're super just iffy about this one, and this one kind of bugged me about it. But um, so yeah, Claudia is the one that died. So she is the one that her sister just had to take care of. <laughs> take. <laughs> so um, anyway, like after the death of the parents, they left the home, the mansion to the husband they left it to his brothers once the brothers passed on it was left to their sisters so the nieces did not get anything and they're like it should it should be like that because we were taken in by our uncle and our aunt they pass away they were taking care of us and we get nothing there was nothing left in the will for these two nieces so of course they were already upset about that living together constantly like they they were just upset with everything so Claudia is the one that got killed. But this one, um, they were saying that this family um, was to be involved in black magic. So Ooh. that was my question. And I was going to wait because we're trying to not interrupt each other so much. But did the house make the people mean and angry? Or did the mean and angry contentious energy of the people create... This haunted mansion. The hauntedness of the, the the mansion. So it's if it's if these three mansions are in realm of each other, I'm sticking with portal, dude. I'm sticking with I like that, that idea. The haunted ground was first. Yeah. And it causes contentions and creations. Like Yeah, like, like there's other other civilizations before us that were there before the mansions even so they got there. Built on like slaughter fields. Yeah. Something. Or Indian Barrel Grounds. Well, in the next one, um, it talks about... I was reading, and um, it was saying how this guy was buried, 
and his grave, his site was actually moved. So they were moving a lot of different grave sites. We've seen grave from images. one place to another place Ooh, yeah. to another place. So that could be it too. They could have built on burial grounds. I'm not going to say Indian, but burial. So where, where your guys' stance is on the house making people do stuff because that's Amityville Horror. Yeah, it's sure totally is. Amityville Horror. What's your scale, like one to Amityville Horror, of what a house, I, and the energy of a house can actually? Oh, I believe it all the way. Make not make people do, but cause trick the, their mind yeah, into cause them to go crazy because they get either so anxious or so depressed they, that they yeah. they crazy. just yeah. They go stir crazy. What's real just, yeah. is not real, or yeah. Well, and I mean, okay, going into a home too, like this. This happened. I don't know what happened previously because they were saying that these are homes that had just been built there. But like, say you go into a previous home, just like Amityville Horror, you know. So they were told there was murders in this home. You go in knowing that. So any little creak that happens in the house, you're gonna think about it, dead body, and it's gonna start playing with your mind. And I think it's that's gonna bring on the do. evilness. Unless you don't believe in it, which a lot of people don't, and they well, just ignore it. A lot of people go for it. They're like, "What was that? Who's there?" Oh, I don't, I don't know you what know? I saw. Yeah, but yeah. I know it wasn't that. So I mean, it's it's probably like a, a lot of the mind that tricks with you, you know, or I don't know. And that in that itself helps. is a cause of contention because a lot of like a lot of children will experience things right and then they'll tell their parents and their parents tell them you're making it up you're trying to get out of homework or it's a cause of contention like in general or if a, if a wife sees things well she's just nagging her husband there you right go. like this and this we'll just you know shut up you know what you're talking about and it causes that in itself causes contention which i think evil likes I'm wearing right. my Michael Myers socks tonight. Yeah, feet off so of it, yeah. Nice. My Haddonfield Mike Myers socks. So I, I know what evil is and I know what it likes right now. And I believe her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue, sir. So anyway, um, like I said, they were saying that this home is rumored to be involved in black magic. The high level of trapped spirits in this home are thought to have been, un- they've been invited in via black magic. So Richard Chambers, the homeowner the one who built it, um, he is supposedly still haunts his home after bounding himself in death to the property. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So whomever these ghosts may be, that are cer- they are certainly active. Mysterious flashing lights from the home's windows are frequently reported by passersby. Ghost raves. Within the house uh, windows and doors will close themselves. Lights will turn on or off. Just a sec. <laughs> Siri heard ghost raves. Yeah. She went nuts. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Huh. So they'll see lights turn on and off as they please, and sudden temperature drops lead to be- to the belief that one, if not completely, they're alone. And that happened on the previous story that we did on podcast number two with the Queen Mary. The temperature drops. Right. Yeah. Because there's a cooler energy there. There's a person yeah, there. That's kind of a cool. dead one. Dead things, Mikey. Dead things. Okay. So that one was the chamber mansion. Chambers? Yes, so that was number two. So we are on to the third one. Actually, this one's considered number one. And this one is good. I like this one. It is called the Atherton Mansion. So um, again, just a short walk from the Whittier and Chamber Mansions. Um, This one they're saying is probably the most haunted house in San Francisco. The Atherton Mansion is a picture-perfect home with a killer backstory well-known in the Bay Area. 
built in 1881 by Dominga de Goni after her wealthy husband, Faxon D. Atherton, passed away. The widow moved to San Francisco to her new home along with one of her seven children, George and his wife, Gertrude. So George was the only guy in the house. Um, his mom, Dominga, and his wife, Gertrude, they were just jerks to him. Like, they belittled him. They questioned him on everything he did, his manhood. So he just felt completely belittled and worth nothing. So in 1887, his abuse had reached a climax, and he decided to remove himself from the home. He accepted an invitation to sail to Chile, where he hoped to improve um, his worth and follow in his father's footsteps as a successful businessman. Unfortunately for George, he was not able to reach that um, success. Oh, Georgie. It just wasn't meant to be for him. So during his voyage, he developed kidney issues um, before dying at sea from a kidney failure. The captain was not sure what to do with his body, so he decided he would preserve it in a rum barrel. (laughs) He... (laughs) Just, Just do that. That's over there. So he stuffed him in a barrel... And he shipped it back to his San Francisco home. So, lo and behold, he sends it back to... That's not weird. ...the mom, Dominga, and his wife, Gertrude. But they were the ones that did not... They didn't um, receive the barrel. They weren't there to sign for it. It was um, his former butler. He accepted the delivery and received quite a shock upon opening the barrel. His body was dried out and buried... His spirit, however, remained with the mansion to haunt the women who had given him a hard time throughout his life. <laughs> so, yeah, he's coming back to get those broads. Um, loud, loud knocks on the bedroom doors and walls and disturbing cold presences quickly drove both Dominga and Gertrude from the home. After this series of events, no one took a residence in this building for very long. That is, not until 1923, when the eccentric Carrie... Rossow moved in. She lived exclusively in the ballroom with 50-5-0 cats in, until her death in 1974. No. Yeah, so now um, owned by a private residence, reports of hauntings persist after a seance was conducted. It was established that the Atherton Mansion still housed the spirits of Dominga, Gertrude, George, and Carrie. So even though Dominga, Gertrude, George, and George, they were all you know, they all left the home. Their bodies came back, and they haunt the home. That's weird. I love it. So that is that the is end weird. of my mansion tales. I like them, Bonnie. They're good, right? They're fun. <laughs> we will have all three of those mansions posted on Instagram <clears throat> probably tomorrow, so you can take a look at them. I had the Whittier pulled up here. It's pretty cool looking, huh? And I was going to post it to Insta right now, but Ooh, I screwed I up like the login. That. Yeah, this is Whittier. That's really cool. It's haunting, isn't it? Look at this. Thank you, Bonnie, for Mm -hmm. that. So we're moving over to The Rock. Not Not to be. Not Dwayne. Not the Tooth Fairy. Not Not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Do you smell? Uh, But Alcatraz. So I've never really known anything about this other than it's a penitentiary, right? And that, and they closed I mean, it. A little bit about it. So it's it's centuries old, um, from the ancient Native Americans to Fort Alcatraz to a military barracks, most often known service as one of the toughest federal penitentiaries in the nation. It is no wonder that the place is haunted. Um, they say that like 
Well, I'll go into that. Uh, often described as a portal to another dimension. <laughs> I, I, I which I love. I didn't know that things were described that way often, but here we are. Another dimension. Alcatraz is filled with the energy of those who came to the rock and seemingly never left. Dun, dun, dun. So Native Americans believe the island to be inhabited by evil spirits. So like just the, the island itself, the ground itself. Uh-huh. So when a member of the tribe broke tribal law, they are banished to the island forever to live with the tortured souls. Bad day, bad day. These spirits are said to often still be heard and seen by visitors of fog and shrouded Alcatraz. And I thought that detail was super creepy, super interesting, right? Because the grounds are literally often enshrouded with fog. That is so cool. Which can only mean one thing, scientifically speaking. It's haunted, mm. right? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, Dr. Lucas. I think Correct she's right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but fog <laughs> pretty much denotes either ghost toots or <laughs> ghost toots. <laughs> anyway, moving on. It's uber haunted. Uh, so they report hearing men's screams, moans, whistles, the sounds of metal clinking, especially by the dungeons. Yes, the dungeons. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Real dungeons. Dungeons. It's crazy to think about. So while the island served as a federal penitentiary, a number of guards reported extraordinary experiences, which I'll be telling mostly tonight, including hearing uh, the sounds of, like I said, sobbing and moaning, terrible smells. So yeah. aromas linger. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they'll come as energies float around you. Yeah. Like they stick with people. So... Like smokers, you know, when people go on ghost tours, they, oh, we smell smoke, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, terrible smells and reports of what they called the thing. The thing. You guys, it's an entity that was said to appear with glowing eyes, Bonnie. Ah, what so color glowing what eyes? Me. I don't thing? know. It didn't say what color. <sighs> but I want to know more oh, about no. the thing. Uh, so if anybody knows about that, please shed some light. <laughs> Yeah. Glowing eyes. Um, <laughs> other reports were made of phantom prisoners and soldiers appearing before the guards and families who lived on the island. So, reportedly, even the warden, Warden Johnston, who was the most famous warden at it, who did not believe in ghosts, once encountered the unmistakable sounds of a woman sobbing while leading a number of guests on tour of the prison. The cries, heard by not only the warden, but also the guests, were described as coming from inside the walls of the dungeon. Just as the sobbing stopped, a cold, icy wind blew through the group. <sighs> that was my sound effect for free. Um, ever since the 1940s, apparitions have been seen at the site, probably even before. So during a Christmas party at one of Warden Johnston's Christmas parties, several guards told the story of a ghostly man who suddenly appeared before them wearing a gray suit, brimmed cat, cap, not a cat, and sporting mutton chop side burdens. <laughs> As the startled guards stared at the apparition, the room suddenly turned very cold. And that seems to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Drastic yeah. temperatures dropping. They get really cold. Yep. And the fire on the Ben Franklin stove was extinguished. Less than a minute later, the spirit vanished. Less than a minute later. Mm-hmm. So it took Creepy. a minute for him to vanish. So he hung out. Yeah, for a bit. At least a minute. When the prison was still open, other guards told of hearing phantom cannon and gunshots. So they, like, originally, they they only had, like, originally seven cannons, and then it went up to, like, a hundred because they tried to military this thing up. Turned out that nobody was trying to attack it, so they took the cannons <laughs> off, and the only time cannons were fired were at Abe Lincoln's 
demise. Hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so, let's see. When the prison were still... Oh, yeah, so they heard phantom cannon gunshots accompanied by screams so loud that it sent the seasoned guards to the ground, believing that prisoners had actually somehow escaped and obtained weapons. After taking cover, the guards would then cautiously look about to see absolutely nothing. These incidents could never be explained. Another often reported experience of the guards was the smell of smoke that often came from a deserted laundry room as if something was on fire. When they went to investigate the black smoke, it was so thick it drove the guards from the room. However, just 10 minutes later, the room was completely smoke-free. Weird. That's another question I have. How, and Lucas, you're going to have to help us with this. How do entities, energies, ghosts, or whatever, manipulate actual material, like actual molecular material? Melody, I see this is going up and over your head, so it's fine. You're a little stressed out to answer. Oh, bear farted. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so bad. it's going over my head. They help, uh, the notorious D block of the prison is said to have been and continues to be the most haunted block in all the prison. So while first built the same as other cell blocks, the Bureau of Prisons appropriated additional money for a more secure D block after the 1939 escape attempt in which Arthur, Doc Barker, was killed. Um, a lot of escape attempts and a lot of them died. D block, which became known as the treatment unit, comprised of 42 cells with varying degrees of restrictions. For all prisoners incarcerated in D block, there was absolutely no contact with the general population. 36 of the cells were virtually like others in the general population. However, inmates were not allowed to work nor go to the mess hall for meals. They were allowed only one visit to the recreation yard and two showers a week, and all meals were served in their cells. Their only diversion was reading of prison-approved material. These cells all faced the Golden Gate Bridge, from which fierce cold winds often blew. One guard who worked D-Block was known to turn on the air conditioning to make it even colder for those confined. Which is so mean. I think that that's just an extra, extra mean touch. Heartless. But it's not like these guys were in there for not murdering people because they murdered people. They did. So... Whatever. I don't think it's nice. Were, was that a prison mainly for the bad murders? ones? The bad, the bad ones. Bad so they ones. would send the bad, bad ones to the rock. Except in the case of the Native Americans, that's just if they broke tribal law, period, which I don't know what tribal law encompasses, but if they broke any of those and they were sent there. Um, and the Native Americans were not treated kindly. In fact, they were most of the laborers, from what I understand. And just, I guess none of them were treated very well. So... Five of the remaining six cells in D-Block were known as strip cells, but were more often referred to as the hole. So they have this in current jails as well, but not to this degree. Reserved for the most serious offenders of prison rules, these cells were located on the bottom tier, the coldest place in the prison, and contained only a sink, a toilet, and a low wattage bulb that could be turned off by the guards. The prisoners' mattresses were taken away during the day, and they were not allowed at any time in the yard or showers, or given reading materials. Inmates could be sentenced to as many as 19 days in the hole, completely isolated in a in state the black. of constant boredom. In so, dark, constant darkness, too, you need to add. So they would take the mattresses Low away just bowl. in the hole. Or is that? No, so the mattresses for night. And this was, yeah, just this was only six cells, and this was referred okay. to 
the inmates that broke a lot of the prison rules that they couldn't get a handle on. Um, Al Capone spent a lot of time in here. Probably. Uh, um, so the ver- so that was six. There is one cell left on D Block, and it's called the remaining strip cell, and it's known as the Oriental. And it was the most severe punishment the prison could assign, period. Assuring complete deprivation of all peripheral senses, the dark steel encased cell contained no sink or toilet, just a small hole in the floor for prisoner waste. Inmates were placed naked in the cell, given a restricted diet, and confined in a totally pitch black cold environment. Although a sleeping mattress was allowed at night, it was removed at dawn each morning. Inmates were usually only subject to this degree of punishment for only one to two days. Wow. So, yeah. I went, were they dressed? No, naked. They went naked, naked. into that cell. In the other ones, in the hole, yeah, they're, they're clothed. But in this oriental one, it's called oriental, they, they're naked. Um, and there are several reasons that they do that. One, I know, is because um, inmates, when they're in that mentality, they will find a way to hang try to themselves. kill themselves. Mm-hmm. So they don't have anything to hang themselves from, but they could, like, just tie it around their neck and tie it tight. I mean, she yeah. said like that. Like, mm-hmm. We don't want to get too graphic on the show, but there are things that they do so oh man when they're in that state of mind why put them further i don't know but again they were disobeying prison rules and you don't get there by accident Mm -hmm. so a former guard who worked at the prison in the 1940s reported that guards often saw the ghostly presence of a man dressed in late 1800s of prison attire walking the hallway next to the strip cells on one occasion when an inmate was locked in the hole he immediately began to scream that someone with glowing eyes was in there with him. Hmm. The 19th century spectral prisoner had become so much of a practical joke among the guards that the convict's cries of being attacked, quote-unquote, were ignored. The inmate's screams continued well into the night when they were suddenly replaced by total silence. The following morning, when the guards inspected the cell, the convict was found dead, with a terrible expression on his face and noticeable handprints around his throat. Oh the autopsy gosh. revealed that the strangulation was not self-inflicted. Wow. Da, da, da. I wonder how his guards felt. Wow, scary. So did they... Okay, so this is... Ghost dance. This is on subject, but was it like The Ring where after they watch the movie their face completely changes? <laughs> So, <laughs> if you guys were watching us live, you could have seen my <laughs> ring face. <laughs> like, were their faces distorted like that? A terrible expression was on his face. I mean, mine would be if I... Were... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they look all blurry. <laughs> They're all, no, just focus me. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so at the time, many believed the inmate was strangled by a guard who had finally had enough of the inmate screaming. Though an investigation was made, no one ever admitted to the strangling. Most believe that the prisoner was killed by the restless, evil spirit of the 19th century prisoner who was so often seen wandering the corridors with glowing eyes. Mm. Adding to the mystery, when the guards lined up the convicts for a daily count, which they do a lot during the day, one too many convicts were in the lineup. At the end of the row appeared the recently strangled convict. As everyone, guards and prisoners alike, looked on in stunned silence, the ghostly figure vanished. So he was like, I'm here for count. Now I'm gone. See you. Present. 
<laughs> Present. <laughs> Jaqueline. Today's visitors and staff often report cold spots within the hallways of D-Block, as well as sudden intense feelings. And I can attest to this. When we went to the Idaho State Penitentiary like 12 years ago, I remember because my firstborn was in my belly. I don't know if it was the angel bit, my little angel baby in my belly, but when I walked into specific places on those grounds, I would get very nauseous, like sick. Specifically, the one I remember most because I smelt raw eggs was when I went up these teeny tiny stairs that were in the laundry corridors. I walked up the first two steps and I nearly lost it right there on the spot. Like the tour guide hadn't told us anything about the area. We were just wondering. And I was walking alone at the time. Colby was in the building adjacent. And I ran out of the room as quickly as I could. The only way I can express how I feel was just like thick, stuck, or like trapped. Like I was in tar spiritually. Like I was in, it was just really weird and terrified. Later when I asked if anything noteworthy had happened in the laundry room, um, the cool tour guide, he was like this, I don't know, 70 year old, super tall guy. Um, he said an awful gangbang had occurred to one of the male prisoners conducted by several of the other male inmates and that he died Mm -hmm. from injuries sustained. Uh, Anyway, cells in 12 and 14D are the most active. Cell 14D is often reported to be the most and almost like 20 degrees colder than any of the rest of the cells. So that's what I want to do when I go, because I will go. I want to go into 14D and I'm going to text you guys and be like, Eddie, it's like colder in here. Is it the the most with the ghosts? Oh, we're going to have a little party with that now. With all you spooky family. Oh, fun. Okay, I just planned that. Uh, so let's see. <laughs> Many psychics, psychics go and they feel the stuff. But a renowned ghost hunter, Richard Sennett, and a psychic spent the night on Alcatraz. Sennett had locked himself in cell 12D, where an evil spirit is said to make his home wondering if this glowy-eyed demon is that guy. As the steel door was closed, the ghost hunter felt icy fingers wrap around his neck while the psychic experienced visions of the bodies of twisted and dismembered men. Weird. Sitting like a beacon in the middle of the San Francisco Bay of California is the Alcatraz Island, though most prominently known for the years it served as a maximum security prison, the rock's history stretches far beyond the infamous days, and its legends and stories continue to find their way to American lore. Edit that part out for me, because I don't know why that one's there. Um, oh, so here's a fun fact. The first Europeans to visit the island were the Spanish in 1769, and they named it Isla de los Alcatraces. Isla? Isla. Isla de los Alcatraces, or Island of the Pelicans, for its large pelican <laughs> colony. Later, they were just like, just call it Alcatraz. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, let's see. As a military prison, there were at least 80 men who attempted escape in 29 separate attempts. Of those, 62 were captured and returned to the prison. One may have drowned, and the fate of 17 was unknown. So... It's spooky. Pretty much, it's all reports of guards. But what I want to know is more about the glowy-eyed demon at Alcatraz. So when I go, that's what I'm looking for. That is Alcatraz. Dun, dun, dun. So next, we do have a, a fourth little spooky sister. Her name is Emma Hall. She is our firstborn niece. Um, she I lives out in California, her. and she is a little Halloween creepy head like us. Love you, Emma. Uh, she was not brought up like that. 
she's got two parents that don't tell her ghost stories to go to bed, but it's in her blood and she can't help it. So <laughs> next she we have She has the blood of Isabel. She's got the Isabel blood. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, so next she is going to be telling us about the Winchester mansion. We, She is very excited to do... Uh, a story based out of California where she lives now and decided to do the Winchester Mansion. So here is Emma. Hi, it's Em. Um, I am going to be talking about the Winchester house tonight. I have my apple cider right next to me. I'm loving life right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just going to go through the history of it, kind of like who Sarah Winchester is. Um, kind of give you an idea of what her house looks like and just to have some spooky stories um so if you don't know the house is located in san jose california um she previously lived in new haven but a medium convinced her to move west um yeah it was owned by sarah winchester she took her large inheritance that she got from her husband and just went and bought a house out there. Uh, her husband was William Winchester, and he was the treasurer of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Um, he died in 1881, leaving 51% of the company and a very large inheritance to Sarah. Um, they had a daughter named Annie who died in 1866, and it said in her time of grief, she turned to a medium, and this was the medium that convinced her to move west. Um, she kind of took advantage of her mental state and um, told her that the spirits that died at the end of a Winchester rifle were going to haunt her forever because it was just so terrible, you know? Um, so she took her equivalent of $543 million and moved to San Jose, California, and she bought a seven-bedroom, um, or sorry, an eight-bedroom farmhouse and built a seven-story mansion. She just built it. <laughs> um, yeah, she purchased that house in 1894, sorry. And she had construction workers on it day and night. Like, they never stopped working. Um, sh the house has roughly 160 rooms, 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, although one is not completed, 47 fireplaces. I mean, right now, it's hard to find a house with just one. <laughs> um, a little over 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys, two underground levels, and three elevators. Her piece of land was around 162 acres, although it's only 4.5 today, which is only enough for tourism. Um, yeah, it was seven-story but there was a 1906 earthquake that knocked it down to only four stories, and that is what people can tour today. But what is especially weird about this house is it is really confusing. Like, she has stairs that lead to nowhere, windows overlooking other rooms, or doors that open and to a 15-foot drop to the garden. Or to nowhere. I mean, this house is just, it's so confusing. And she she made it this way to confuse the spirits. Um, she was always haunted by the fact that the money she was getting was the money acquired by selling a weapon that killed thousands. She felt responsible for the death of those people that were killed. 
by a Winchester gun. And she felt those spirits were after her, so to confuse them, she built a house with many oddities and confusing features. Um, yeah, it crazy, right? Um, I strongly recommend watching the movie Winchester. It's on Netflix. It's so good. Super spooky. It's got a few jump scares. Yeah, super fun. Um, anyways, I'm going to go on to some spooky stories. This first one's called The Secret of the Invisible Hand. And just remember, there are a lot of stories like this. I mean, these stories are kind of like basic, ooh, I felt something, or ooh, I saw something. But there are so many of them. Like, almost everyone there has some sort of experience. And that just tells you how haunted it is. Um, several years ago, a man was working on one of the many restoration projects in the mansion. Um, he started his day early in a section with several fireplaces, known as the Hall of Fires. The house was dead quiet before tours got underway, and he was working up on a ladder when he felt someone tap him on the back. He turned to ask the person what he wanted, but no one was there. And reassuring himself he just imagined the sensation, he went back to his work, only to experience what felt like someone pushing against his back. That was enough. He hurried down the ladder, crossed the estate, started on another project, figuring that someone or something did not want him working in the halls of fire that day. Um, this next one's called the sign of a heavy sigh. Um, this is a bedroom called the Daisy Bedroom. It is where Sarah was trapped during the 1906 quake. And it's also where she went to receive um, guidance from the spirits about what she should build on her house next. So she would just spend all night in that room um, listening to the spirits and writing down these crazy plans. Um, seems kind of crazy, right? <laughs> um, so a tour guide named Samantha recently led visitors into the Daisy bedroom where Sarah Winchester was trapped during the 1906 quake. Samantha was about to leave when a very clear sigh came from the small hallway outside the bedroom door. Thinking one of her guests had merely fallen behind, Samantha turned to call the person into the room, but saw no one. Then, as her eyes adjusted to the darkened hallway, she did see something. The form of a small, dark person slowly emerged, gliding around a corner. Samantha quickly stepped out around the corner and again saw nothing but yet heard another deep sigh. She felt sure it was the tiny form of Sarah Winchester herself, perhaps peeved to find people in her favorite bedroom. But yeah, it, it would be so cool to go on a tour there and just see all those rooms and these crazy oddities, right? Um, so just a couple of comments. Watch the movie. It's on Netflix. It's so good. Um, and two, I have a question for you. Do you think she was crazy, like just mentally out of it, or just compassionate? Because in her mind, she was doing this all for the spirits who she felt responsible for. But then again, she built all these crazy things, you know, listening to spirits, and she, she just may just, she may just be completely crazy, you know? So what do you guys think? Um, I'll talk to you guys in a few weeks. Bye. Thank you, Emma Tita, fourth little spooky witch. We love you so much. Uh, now we have our first listener, Amanda. 
she sent us some really cool happenings that happened to her at Spooky Sisters, S-P-O-O-K-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S at gmail.com. She sent us in her stories, and we're going to go ahead and read a few of them. Melody's going to take it away. Yes, I am. (laughs) All right. she took. And story number one begins. When I was younger, I had a few experiences as a kid that I can't explain, but that were chalked up to having a fever by my mom. One of those experiences was was laying in bed during the day and there were three to four kids wearing cone hats dancing around in a circle of like ring around the rosy right next to my bed. It really spooked me. The other experience was a time when I was sick but in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I woke up and at my door, there was a lady. I was immediately scared because she looked like my mom. So I called out to her, mom, mom. She slowly backed away from my doorway where I could see her. Then my mom came out of her room, which was right by mine, but from a different direction. And I thought she already went that she had already went confused. I asked her why she was standing in my room in the middle of the night. And she told me when I called her, called for her, it woke her up and she came to my room. She had just got there. And story number two, when I worked Wait in a, a nursing minute. home. So she, she was awake for one dream and not awake in the other dream. Yeah. Or the other thing. Yeah. Like when she was laying in bed during the day and there are three to four kids wearing cone hats dancing around in a circle, kind of like ring around the rosies right next to her bed. And um, the other one. Where did she grow up? Was it here? I don't, I don't know. know. That's I have no idea. We're gonna, we're gonna build a fun little form that you guys can fill out when you hand in the story, so we make sure that you, it kind of comes in like all the where you were Just the brought basic up. Details. And, yeah, we don't know you, so that we can get to know you. All right. Well, here's the second one. That those are really good so far. I mean, who sees kids with cones Actual right next to them? And then well, a mom. Well, that's another question. Amanda, the lady that looks maybe just like her mom. Email us back. Were they like, were they transparent, like, or did they look like actual? flesh and blood children right next to you you know kind of thing and I really love this next one because it's about a nursing home and I've done like several several years of hospice with my mother so here's number two when I worked in a nursing home I had a few experiences that sent chills down my spine just thinking of it I worked the 2 to 10 p.m. shift and one night at the end of my shift I was told to get an oxygen reading on one of my residents because it had been low when I checked it earlier so I went to her room to check her oxygen before leaving the room was dark and I put the oxygen sensor on her finger and waited for the number to pop up when it popped up as normal someone whispered in my ear looks good whoa I whipped my head around and no one was there I hadn't heard any footsteps either I I noped out of there real quick and I went to the nurse's station I, I noped out of there <laughs> yeah nope. and demanded to know who came in and whispered in my ear and scared me they all went silent none of them had been in there I was never so excited to go home wow yeah I've never had that happen to me I mean I've heard stories you know sounds and stuff but to have someone right behind you that's kind of creepy that's really close oh i know um oh i got another she's got another one from this um nursing home oh okay another story from the nursing home there was a resident who had passed away fairly recently and she didn't have a roommate so her room was empty again at the end of the of her shift the call light was was starting to go off the call light starting going off thinking that another resident had wandered in and turned it on i went off 
I went in to turn it off to see what was going on. When I got in the room, which wasn't far from the nurse's station where I was just at, the room was completely empty. No one was in it and the light was on. Creeped out, I went in and turned it off, came out and went back to um, charting and it came back on again. Mm. I went back into the same room, went back, did the same thing, one light on and no one in sight. This happened a few times before my shift was over. It didn't happen after that day, but I never looked at that room the same way. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, wow. huh? That's a lot of action. That's that a lot of things that happen in like nursing homes. Or, you know, draw like it's spiritually gifted or drawn to these things. I wonder if I wonder if that's going on. Do you guys think that that attracts more stuff? Oh, you have another one? Yep, I have one more. Oh, perfect. Here you go. All right. When my husband and I were first married, we moved to Rawlings, Wyoming. So there's something. Oh, there's She's some from Rawlings or lived there. In the middle of nowhere, we rented our first house without seeing it in person. It was a dump, and that is putting it mildly. <laughs> we couldn't fit our queen-size bed in any of the rooms, in any of the bedrooms, so our bedroom was the living room. It was also extremely old. From the first night we stayed there, we to when we left, I had recurring nightmare, a reoccurring nightmare. The nightmare in the nightmare, there would be a girl standing in the hallway archway that leads to the living room, which would be just feet away from where I was sleeping. She would just stand there staring at me, at her arms to her sides, and one of her hands she held a huge butcher knife. Whoa! That was it. That was the creepy experiences. The whole dream. It freaked me out, but I didn't want to freak out my new husband. Fast forward to the next year when we bought our first home. One night we were talking about our creepy experiences and the old house came up. I told him about my dream and his face went white. He said he had the same dreams about the girl with the huge knife. That ended the conversation for the night. I really wanted to find out what happened in that house. So was it a dream though? Or did it like actually, like did you guys see it? It was a dream. Wow. They both they had the both same had dream. Same dream a same reoccurring, night. reoccurring nightmare. That's crazy, though. Yeah, that's really crazy. Those are reoccurring... crazy. Oh, by the way, we have our reoccurring dreams of Michael Myers. I had one two nights ago. Ooh. He, his mask was huge. It was just big. Like, uh, it was, you'd think it'd be ridiculous, but it was even more scary. He was leaving stuff on my doorstep because that's what my father-in-law did to me last year with Pennywise and balloons. And don't ever do that again. Thanks. So obviously there was something there, though, because if they both had the same dream... Crazy. It's another level of scary because they can enter in your psyche somehow mm-hmm. cool. and plant things. So Colby says, that, like, he's like, does Hallie ever have bad dreams in her, her our firstborn? Does she ever have bad dreams in her room? I was like, why? He's like, Cause I always have when he has to wake up early, like, to go to work the next morning. And he'll sometimes he'll sleep in there, and he's like, I just have terrible nightmares in there. And Hallie's like, Yeah, I don't sleep in there. Oh my gosh, she's a really hard time. She's like, I can sleep in your room, and I was like, That's because I have the lights out, and I don't have my iPad on, and I've got you know mute the sound machine going. She's like, No, I just I can't sleep very well in my room. She's up a lot. I thought it was just stress from 2020 and COVID and the school year and stuff, but hmm. when Colby said that, I was like, That. There are so many different avenues and, and levels that, not not just evil, but even just different, or I guess ghosts, entities. What, what are you trying? That they can permeate. Oh, into. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was asking about the house and the whole Amityville thing, because 
I just wonder how much because I know that that is weird and that she doesn't so she sleeps so that's good you guys we have um, a king size bed so she talk about bed. it though yeah and that's what I brought up about how kids can go to their parents because I follow this podcast scared to death um, shout out to scared to death they're an amazing podcast with Lindsay and Dan Cummins he's a comedian they live up in Idaho scared to death podcast and I love them and um, they have a Facebook group creeps and peepers what they call their people and I put it up on there because there's thousands of people up on there. And I was like, hey, my my daughter's hearing what I'm only going to call is doppelganger voices because they sound like me. They sound like her brother. They sound like her dad. And um, only a few voices have sound like old smoker women, she said. And I was like, I don't want to discount her because I trust her. And I also don't want to make her more scared. So I just keep telling her to keep reporting to me as they come. And we'll monitor it based off her feelings. And I had a lot of good advice. And most of it, like 75% of it, was women saying, I had that as a girl and my parents didn't listen. They put me on Adderall. They put me on depression meds. Immediately went to, like, psychosis. And they're like, and, and now... Because they don't believe I do it. They don't have as an adult. But as a kid, I didn't. And I wish that they just would have listened to me. So, like, you're, you're doing the right thing listening. Good. And things like that. But I got a lot of good advice with that to make sure she's medically okay first. But don't immediately go to a psych eval. Yeah. You know, like, just hear her out. And since we blessed the house, she hasn't brought it up one good. bit. Good. Thank so God. She might just be, like, a sensitive where she just... They know that she's a bright little light in this world. Bonnie's making a dream catcher because Bonnie makes everything. Sean did that. Bonnie bakes. Sean did that. Sean did that. How? Okay. Oh, wow. He might have had to Go, Sean. Way to step up, Sean. Yeah. Now my daughter can sleep. Father No bad dreams tonight. Oh, Ellie. The only reason she had a bad dream last night is because we were listening to our podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's the thing. Our podcast isn't really like that scary. heard the part that I was telling that happened to me when I was little. Oh, my gosh, Bonnie. That's the only part you had to keep her from. (laughs) I did not. I heard one thing. I had it turned down. Ellie's six years old, everybody. She thinks it was a doll. (laughs) And I don't have the I don't have the heart to say no, it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> it was a real demon baby oh that baby <laughs> I know anyway she wanted a dream catcher so it could catch her bad dreams tonight bless Good. her heart yeah so I told her she's not allowed to listen to our podcast yeah I mean it's not like she goes onto my phone and looks up, <laughs> downloads episodes and like but please do download our episodes go follow us. Yes, don't let your kids do. listen if they're sensitive um, we do keep it pretty clean here we don't go too heavy into things it's just for fun and we just want to do it for you guys just to tell stories. That's it. We, we love the art of storytelling. And we'll get better at it. And we'll get more professional at it. It'll be more clean. So just grow with us. But please, if you can, um, share it with a friend. That's the only way we're going to grow. Um, if you rate and review us, that pops up. And that helps us to grow as well. So more people can see our podcast and catch on. Um, we just want to grow the spooky family. So follow us on Spotify. Um, download us on Apple Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher. We're also that. on Facebook. We got to be get better at the Facebook group, but we are on Instagram pretty um, frequently at the Spooky Sisters AS with the ghost emoji. And you can email us your stories at spookysisters at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for tonight, ladies. Do you guys have anything else on San Fran? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Melody. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Maddie. And we are the The Spooky Spooky Sisters. Sisters. 
Have a good evening, everybody. Good night.